Good morning, everybody. Good, look at this young couple coming in back here, back here. Yeah, yeah, this must be Youth Sunday. I'm glad to see y'all today. <laughs> I'm glad to see y'all today, and, um, and welcome to Gadsden First United Methodist Church. Welcome to you if you're worshiping online with us. If you're sitting somewhere like in Destin or Panama City in spring break and everything, and you're sitting on the beach and... Well, good for you, but we're not. No, I am glad for you. And we do have spring break this coming week, so that leads me into a couple of announcements. This coming week's uh, activities will be different because of spring break. We won't have children or youth activities on Wednesday night. We won't have our meal on Wednesday night. But we will have Pastor Sam's world-famous 11 o'clock Wednesday morning Bible study. So, um, you know, be there or be square. Uh, you can watch that online, too. You can live stream that, too. Uh, let me tell you something about these beautiful flowers up here. These beautiful flowers are uh, a thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who helped with our church spring cleaning Friday and Saturday. Everything looks great. It was, it was a lot of work that, that was put and done in love because everybody wants everything to be ship-shaped for Holy Week and Easter coming up. And, and it was an act of love. That's a thank you for all of y'all who helped with the spring cleaning. Thank you so much. Um, next Sunday is Palm Sunday. It's always a special Sunday for a number of reasons. We love Palm Sunday. The children are going to sing in both services Palm Sunday. Looking forward to that. That's always big. Um, there's going to be a UMW bake sale on Palm Sunday. And you could tell by looking at me, I look forward to that. And I don't know, we might even get into a bidding war over uh, some famous cake. Again, I'm looking, looking at you. Yeah, we get in a bidding war with some of those famous cakes. It's all for a good cause. It helps raise money for our UMW. Uh, it is also the kickoff for our Holy Week. Palm Sunday is a kickoff for our Holy Week. Every day of the week on Holy Week, we got something special. We have a noonday service at 12.05 every day of Holy Week, followed by a lunch. For $5, you get, a, uh, get to have a lunch and get back in time for work. Different guest speaker every day, different music every day. Thursday night, April 6th, will be our Monday Thursday Holy Communion, which is always a special time. I hope that you'll join us for all of that. Will you go with me to the Lord in prayer? Lord, help us to gather our thoughts and minds Help us to focus only on what you would say to us through the worship and through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Will you stand together to worship? me mm -hmm. 
You may be seated. Um, we're going to let our kids go to children's church right now. Miss Helene. That looks like a fun group right there. I don't know. I may want to go with them. Yeah. All right. And uh, this, is, this is our time when we get to respond to all the goodness of God. How many of you feel like God has been really good to you today? Yeah. Yeah. It feels good just to be here. And we know that God has blessed us. So we want to return to God uh, our tithes and offerings. We want to give our lives. We want to give our prayers and our hands and our feet to service to God. And let's, let's pray as we, as we begin our offering. Lord, sometimes we are, are, are given just because we're, it's a routine and we're used to it. And, 
And that's, that's not bad, but sometimes, Lord, help us to think about how good you are to us and how much you have given to us and to respond out of that deep gratitude for what you have done for us. And Lord, as we give our tithes and offerings, we also give our lives because you have no feet but our feet and no hands but our hands and no voice but our voice in this world. So help us to give all of that for you so that we might be a blessing to others and we might in turn be blessed ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
one of the things I love about being United Methodist is that we, we walk all the way through the Christian year with Jesus. We, we take the footsteps that Jesus took. We don't just celebrate Christmas and then, boop, all of a sudden it's Easter like nothing happened in between. And the season of Lent began when we received the ashes on our forehead and we thought about um, our mortality. We thought about what Jesus went through in the desert. And so we've been leading up to Palm Sunday and Easter, but we don't want to get there too fast because we want to experience the journey. Last week, we looked at the, the story. It was a long story, the story of the healing of the blind man. And we looked at light and darkness and, and blindness and spiritual blindness and, and how the religious leaders, Jesus said, you'd, you'd be better off if you knew that you were blind. Then you could see. That's the paradox of the gospel. And today, we're looking at an, another story that kind of builds off of that. It's the story of the resurrection of Lazarus. And, and on the front of the newsletter, if you don't take time to look at the newsletter, I wish that you would. On the front of the newsletter, you see a, a tomb that's, um, that has a stone rolled away from it. And, and you, it reminds you of Easter, but it's the story of Lazarus. Because when, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, it set into motion some things that the um, Jewish leaders, the people who were against Jesus, knew that um, they had to get rid of him. They had to get rid of him. And then Palm Sunday was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. It was all part of God's design. But today, this passage of Scripture is John 11. And we're going to read the whole thing because it's so full and such a wonderful story and like last week's gospel lesson is so full of stuff it's going to be hard for us to get the meat out of there but we're going to do that today and see what this has to do what this word has what this gospel has for us this morning john chapter 11 verses 1 through 45 now a certain man was ill lazarus of bethany the village of mary um, and her sister martha Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother, Lazarus, was ill. So the sister sent a message to Jesus. Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard this, he said, This illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after, he said to his, after this, he said to his disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you. And are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble because the light is not with them. After saying this, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought that he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I'm glad I was not there, 
so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Mary and uh, Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet and met him while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When he had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, the teacher is here and he's calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary get up and quickly go out. They followed her because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again, greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked up to toward heaven and said father I thank you for having heard me I knew that you always hear me but I've said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they may believe that you sent me when he had said this he cried with a loud voice Lazarus come out the dead man came out his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth Jesus said to them Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary uh, and seen what Jesus did, believed in him. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So this story is so packed full of, 
of cool things. It, it makes us want to kind of get stuck on, on some of the interesting things. It, it makes us want to kind of get sidetracked by all, all, all of the family things going here because there's, there's Mary and Martha and Jesus and their relationship, Mary and Martha and Lazarus and their relationship with Jesus. Sometimes we forget that Jesus had close friends. And these were his closest friends, Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Jesus traveled around. He didn't have a home of his own. So their house at Bethany was kind of his home base. He stayed there often. And they talked to one another like brothers and sisters talked to one another. You know, they could speak their mind to one another. Uh, Mary was the one who poured expensive perfume uh, on Jesus' feet. She was one of the ones, she was like the one that just poured out her emotions and she wept and cried and, and she sat at Jesus' feet. That was, that was Mary. Martha was the one who was really plain spoken and she was the one who was in the kitchen working when they hosted it. And she would come out and put her hands on the hips and say, Jesus, tell my sister to get in here in the kitchen and help me. You know, that, that kind of thing. She was the practical one, the hardworking one. And then there was Lazarus who is, is said by many Bible commentators to be Jesus' best friend. And we get a hint of that because when Mary and Martha send a messenger to tell Jesus that Lazarus is sick, they don't even have to mention his name. They say, the one that you love is sick. They knew that Jesus would know who they were talking about. So we can get sidetracked by, by Jesus' relationship with this family, Mary and Martha and Lazarus. We could get sidetracked by focusing on the fact that, that Jesus stayed there. When he heard the news, he stayed there two days. Why in the world would he do that? We could get sidetracked by the, I don't know how to say this any other way, except just the plain old denseness. Sometimes the disciples could be just dense as a rock. It, it, Jesus said, well, it's time to go back to Judea again. And they said, Lord, don't you know they just tried to kill you there? And Jesus said, Lazarus is asleep and I'm going to go wake him up. And they said, well, if he's, if he's sleeping, that's good. You know, he's been sick. Sometimes you need a good nap. And it was just like, they were just sailing right over their head. We could get sidetracked by Martha and Mary's reaction when Jesus did come because Martha comes out right away because she's the one that kind of, gets, she's the go-getter and she just hits Jesus with this. It's almost like she's scolding Jesus. Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. It's, it, she says that. I can see her saying that kind of accusingly. Jesus, why didn't you get here on time? Then Mary kind of said the same thing, but she was so overcome with emotion. She, see, Martha wanted to have a discussion about it. Mary just needed somebody to cry out with her. And that's what Jesus did. He cried with her. The details surrounding the, the miracle could get us bogged down. So why is it so important that we know that, Jesus, that Lazarus was dead four days? What, what, what's that all about? And we, we could look and see how that many believe that, that when a person died, their, their spirits kind of hung around the body for a couple of days. Uh, after three days, they were declared officially dead. And on the fourth day, that was, that was it. So can you see the story of Jesus coming together yet? And 
that this is more than a story about family drama, more than a story about life and death. We see Lazarus buried in a cave. It, John goes into great detail and says he's buried in a cave and that there's a stone rolled over the face of the cave. Are you seeing Jesus' story in there? Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come forth. And then we could get sidetracked by all of that. Some of the people believed, but some of the Pharisees and the religious leaders and the high priest Caiaphas, they got together and they decided after this that Jesus was really dangerous. Jesus was dangerous. He was a threat. I wonder what happened to dangerous Christianity that, that threatens the, the powers of evil in this world. So if we got sidetracked by all of the details of the story, I think we would miss, I think we would miss what this story is all about. Because when something says something about Jesus, it says something about God. Because Jesus is, as the book of Colossians tells us, the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form. So here's what I think the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead tells us about God. It tells us, first of all, that God is God and we are not. God is God, which means we are not. Jesus loved Lazarus. He, he loved his family very, very much. So much that, that he would have done anything for them. Mary and Martha wanted him there right then. They wanted him to come and heal their brother. So in human terms, we think Jesus was behind the curve. He, he didn't get there on time. He, Jesus didn't do what we wanted him to do. But remember what we just said. God is God, and we are not. Jesus waited two days before he went because Jesus' time is not our time. We are the ones that say, God, I want this now. I want you to fix this now. And sometimes we just wish that God was like a vending machine that we could just kind of put in some prayers and push the buttons that we want and then what we want would fall out. But God is God and we are not. God's ways and God's timing are always perfect. And they're not fully understood by our brains, but they're always perfect because God is God. So if we remember that, then the next couple of points will be easier for us that God is God and we are not that God is good and we can trust him that's what this story tells us God is good and we can trust him sometimes it's hard for us to remember that God is good can you imagine what Mary and Martha were thinking about God when they saw their brother get sick and then they saw Jesus not get there and they saw their brother die and they wrapped him in and grave clothes and laid him in the tomb. Can you think of what the disciples were thinking when they were there, when they got the message that Lazarus was sick and Jesus delayed for two more days and then Jesus said, Lazarus' sickness is not going to end in death, but he died. 
What do you mean, Jesus? How could you let our brother die, Jesus? He was the only one supporting our household. Now what are we going to do, Mary and Martha must have been thinking. Have you ever had a time in your life when you found it hard to remember that God was good? I have. I mean, come on, we could just be honest. It's just us and God here. Maybe, maybe it was during the pandemic. You just, it seems like the whole world is shutting down and falling apart. and People are just getting sick and dying. Come on, God. You're running late. Show up. Maybe it was something like 9-11 or, or, or some catastrophic event like that that you had a hard time thinking about the goodness of God. And we hear Jesus say something like, you know, this, this whole thing about Lazarus getting sick, this whole thing about us waiting two days, this whole thing about us going now is for the glory of God so that God will receive glory. And, and we can see, we, we've got the benefit of hindsight. We can see that Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead would set in, in motion the, the things that would lead to his own death and his own resurrection, which means that we die with him and we are raised with him like the song that Jay sang for us earlier. We die with him. We're raised with him. Lazarus had to die so that Jesus could serve notice on the forces of evil, show notice on the devil and hell itself that the last thing to be feared, the stronghold of death, was about to come tumbling down. So regardless of what happens to you in this life, regardless of what happens in me, regardless of what happens to somebody that you love or in the world around you, we can know that God is good and we can trust him. That what seems like terrible tragedy right now can lead to the glory of God. That the good news can shine out of a dark tomb. And then the third thing that this tells me about God, about who God is, is that God is going to win. God is going to win so we can rejoice. God is going to win so we can rejoice. This is what separates us from those who, who have no hope in God, those who, who have hope in this world only. Bishop Williman used to tell a story about when he was uh, a student before he, he um, became the person he, he is. But he was still in school as a student and a famous um, humanist philosopher came and spoke. And the man talked about how wonderful it is to go through life having no complications of any religion or anything like that. And he talked about all of his wonderful accomplishments, this, this humanist philosopher did, about all of the famous people that he met and all of the great things that were done just purely for humanitarian reasons with no thought about religion. And someone in the audience that day asked him the question that we all face someday. He asked him about his death. What about when you die? And then he said, well, yes. 
Death is a problem for us secular humanists. Death is a problem. But death is defeated for all of us who believe in what Jesus did for us. Death is defeated. We know that. And we know that. We know. We just need to remind ourselves sometimes that, that God is God when we think, oh, my goodness, I don't feel like I have any control over this. Well, you're not supposed to because God is God, and we're not. And, and even when things look their worst, even when the wheels are coming off the wagon, God is still good. We can still trust God. And even when we think the world is going to hell in a handbasket, we can read the end of the story and see that God wins. That's what Easter reminds us. Is that when everything is thrown at us, including death and the grave, the worst thing that can happen to us is still not going to be the last thing that happens to us. This isn't a story about Lazarus, really, and Mary and Martha. It's a story about God. It's a story that reminds us that God is God. God is good. And God is going to win. Even now, even now as we, on this journey of Lent, see the shadow of the cross, then we can rejoice. Let's pray. God, we thank you um, because we, we think about the... Maybe that first little prayer that we learned to say when we were children and we were learning to say the blessing at the table. And we would say, God is great and God is good and let us thank him. So today we are reminded and today we declare that you are God, you alone. And, and that you are good and we can trust you. And that you are victorious. You will win even over the grave. So Lord, let us rejoice and be glad in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me as we sing? Satisfied 
Brothers and sisters, God is still God, and God is still good, and God is still victorious. Let us rejoice. Amen.